push up a little something like this.
Nobody's going to look at you funny. Nobody's going to look at you strange. Nobody's going to talk about you here. Well, we hope not. <laughs> but this is the house of praise. Amen. Amen. The scripture reading this morning will come from the gospel according to Mark chapter 4. The gospel according to Mark chapter 4. We're going to travel down to the 35th verse. If you're able to stand in honor of God's word, you may do so. The gospel according to Mark chapter 4, we're going to go down to verse 35. Pastor's going to preach about, we are going to make it. We are going to make it. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. You'll see some pages turning. We'll, we'll wait for you. Amen. Mark chapter 4 and 35. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, 
he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There is none like you. Lord, we just want to come thanking you this morning for being who you are, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, Lord. The one which was and is and is to come, the everlasting God. Lord, we come, Heavenly Father, thanking you for another day, Heavenly Father. Thank you from the time you touched us and awakened us this morning until this point in time, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for the rain that we've been receiving, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for your unfailing love that you have for us, Lord. Thank you for remembering our prayer that we are but dust, Heavenly Father. Father, just thank you, Father, for every song that will be sung. Thank you, Lord, for every prayer that will be prayed. Thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth, that it changes us from the inside out, Lord. Lord, right now, Lord, just help us to forget about ourselves and concentrate on you and worship you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we magnify you and we praise you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen, church. Amen.
eloquent, he related to them that, who are my brothers and my sisters? Those who obey my father. So he's been time teaching and preaching and proclaiming on the seashore. And now we're looking into the impact of his preaching, the impact of his teaching to let them know what they must do to know the kingdom of God. Y'all with me there, Mark 4 chapter? You see clearly there at verse 35, I just want to read verse 35, we want to unpack this text together. As evening came, Jesus said to disciples, what? Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Y'all with me there? I want to first highlight to us that Jesus gave his disciples a destination. I want to point out to you that in this destination, he gave them a command. And in this command, he gave it plurally, including himself. He said, let us go to the other side. I want you to think about in this journey I'm going to call life. Yes, sir. Are you going with Jesus? All right. mm. See, Jesus is going with them to the other side. Yes, and we don't know how long this length is of this journey. And the same thing in our lives, we don't know how long our life is going to be. Am I talking to somebody here? But yet the length of your journey and the goal of your destination still have one thing in common. You've got to start somewhere. No matter how big or how, how, how small it is, how long or how short it is, you still need to take a step in that direction. The Chinese proverb says that a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. This saying helps us to understand that no matter where you are, you still have a starting point. So where you want to go begins where you are. <laughs> so if you want to get somewhere and somewhere different from where you are, then you've got to start where you are. Sometimes we don't want to move because we're too comfortable. It's easier right here. Why would I dare go somewhere else? Where I might have some hardship, I might have some trials and some tribulations, and I might not have as many people with me if I go there. But notice here, I'm going to highlight closely here, that Jesus was with them. Is Jesus with you? Where you want to go? What is your destination? Is Jesus in your view? Is Jesus your goal? Is Jesus your destination? When you have your destination and your journey made up, uh, notice here, I want to highlight here that your attitude and your determination coupled with hope will help you to get there. Understanding that the journey may be difficult, but your idea is that I'm going to make it, that I'm not going to give up, that I have a hope, I have an expectancy that things are going to work out, then I'm going to keep on keeping them. I'm talking to somebody. And so I want to encourage us that we ought to know that in this life, we don't have to do it by ourselves, but we can make it with Jesus. Tell me now that subject matter to your name, tell them we're going to make it. As long as I got Jesus. When Jesus is our goal, we see here that Jesus is showing us how to live with purpose. Jesus' purpose was to show his people who he is and the power of the kingdom of God. 
Jesus began his ministry, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we want to enter the kingdom of God, we got to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And in his purpose, you spent EBC on spending time and teaching on what must be done in order to live. And, and early in this fourth chapter, he talks about the sower and the seed and other parables, and he explained those parables to his disciples, but yet he's preaching and teaching and the fact that people might understand the truth, that they might repent and know salvation. But now in our text today, uh, Jesus has finished his teaching. Uh, the large crowds have moved to be where he is, but Jesus has a purpose not just to stay there, but he has to go to the other side. And in going to the other side, he has another purpose on that side. I'm not going to talk about what happens in the fifth chapter, but if you just go ahead and look ahead. So as he gets off the boat, there's a person that has demons standing up in chains in the graveyard. They got work to do on the other side. But if they stayed on this side, what's going to happen on the other side? I'm going to talk to somebody here. Sometimes we got to be willing to move and go and face the adversity that might be on the other side. But as long as I got Jesus, we're going to make it. Christ will give us direction in our life. He will give us purpose in our life. The disciples now have a direction and they now have a purpose because of Jesus. Jesus gets them on the boat. Jesus was already teaching on the boat. Now they join him on the boat and they go to the other side. But remember, there's a crowd with them and so other crowds too get on the boat and say, where he goes, we want to go. It's important to find out that not only was Jesus in the boat with his disciples, but also Jesus being on the boat with the disciples, he was also with those others that were following after Jesus and his disciples. Are you a follower of Christ? Think about what it means to follow Jesus. It means that you might have to get out your comfort zone. And go to some places you never have gone on your own. Jesus' destination was his destination. And because it was his destination, it became his disciples' destination. That they too, because it became Jesus' destination, his, his disciples' destination, it became the crowd's destination too. Because they said where he is, that's where we want to be. But now, let me drive this home personally to you. Are you happy where you are? Are you really following Jesus the best you can? Do you know what you are going through and why you're going through what you are going through? Sometimes you have done all that you needed to do. Now it's time to move on. Sometimes we get so comfortable we don't look to change and change has passed us by. But yet, I want you to be available to meet people outside your inner circle. Talk to some people that may not look like you, may not agree with you, but learn to realize that Christ is for everybody. It's hard to tell somebody about Christ when you don't talk to anybody else but the people you already know. We want to see this, this community change, but are we doing any work to help change the community? Increase your area of influence by increasing your area. People want to have more influence, but they don't move out to get more influence. I, I must tell you, you can't help anybody that you don't know until you go to the, and meet people you don't know. 
So there's more on the other side. Say that there's more on the other side. So let us learn to experience this new life with Christ and move to the other side. So verse 36 says, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind all the other boats following. Following Jesus will not be without issues, as we'll see with these disciples. Verse 37 says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. This is an important detail here because many of Jesus' disciples were experienced fishermen on the sea. They are aware how storms may rise and storms may cease. But that this storm was a fierce storm. And it highlights to us that in this storm, the water was filling up the boat. And, and if you have ever been on a boat, it's meant for the water not to be in the boat. It's for the boat to be on top of the wall. And if you have water coming into your boat, that means your boat's about to be in the water. And if your boat's about to be in the water, that means you're no longer floating on the boat, but floating on your own. And they're understanding that if we don't change the situation, our situation's going to change. <laughs> and what they're finding out here is that the storm has caught them unaware. They weren't looking to go into the storm. They were looking just to go to the other side. How true it is in life that we want to head out on one destination. Have y'all been there before? Road is closed. Detour. Can't go this way. Now, adding on additional responsibilities and hardships on the journey you began, not ready to take all these other detours. All Jesus said is that we're going to go to the other side. He didn't say that we're going to have a storm that might threaten your life and have you doubt will you ever make it to the other side. I want to encourage you that we will face storms in life. Can I help give you a working definition for storm in this sun? First, scientifically, a storm is an atmospheric disturbance. The term atmospheric is an adjective that can be described creating a distinctive mood, typically of romance or mystery or nostalgia. So not only is atmosphere to be of the science of the wind and the atmosphere, but also atmosphere as emotional as my mood and my temperament and my attitude. Y'all with me there? And so I can have storms in my life when somebody messes with my mood. Now y'all y'all with me? Y'all have some stormy days? Have some days that it just doesn't work right because people kept on messing with your mood? Have you quoted your song talking about I'm about to lose my mind? And so the storms that can cause us to feel certain kind of ways can change our mood, our tone, change our situation, or even change how we feel with our relationships. My question for you to think about what has disturbed your mood? What has disturbed your situation? What has disturbed your relationships? And then I'm going to ask, are you the one that's causing the storm? Sometimes, if you don't know if you are the storm, here's a quick uh, test to find out if you're the storm. What do you do when you see a storm? Do you run away from it? Or do you go to it? I bet many of you run away from it. So you see people running away from it. 
you are the soul. <laughs> when they don't want to be around, when they want to put up with you, you got to change their mood, change their atmosphere. Matter of fact, you can tell, tell some signs for people. They, they roll their eyes. They take that deep breath. They grab their stuff and move to the other side. Like, Here they come. Get ready. We do the same thing for the storm. The rain's out. Here it comes. Let me get my umbrella. Right? We embrace and prepare for the storms. Storms want to come in our lives. But how are you going to handle it? But with Jesus, we can make it. But soon a fish storm came and high waves were breaking into the boat and they began to fill with water. Sometimes storms will overwhelm us. The storm came upon Jesus and his disciples, was causing the boat to be filled with water. And this boat being swamped in such a way caused them to be frustrated, have them feeling defeated, have them feeling fearful that they may not make it to the other side. But I want to highlight again, who said they're going to make it to the other side? Jesus. I want to highlight again, many of you have the Bibles that have black and red letters. It says, red letter says, let's go to the other side. I want to encourage you, if you don't know anything else, if Jesus says something, it's going to be done. But here, in the midst of the storm, they're not thinking about what Jesus said. They're dealing with what they're seeing right now. Jesus told them they're going to make it to the other side. And Jesus just got done preaching. So Jesus is tired, y'all. And since Jesus was tired and exhausted, he took liberty to fall asleep on the boat. Verse 38 says, Jesus was sleeping on the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? First, let me highlight to you that Jesus sleeping on this boat is kind of a parallel to Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah? But now, Jesus is greater than Jonah. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is greater than Jonah. See, Jonah was running from God. Jesus is going to God. Jonah's trying to not be on assignment. Jesus is on assignment. But here's the similarities here. Jonah running from God slept on the boat that was going through the storm. They woke him up saying, hey, you need to pray with us so we don't fall into the storm. But Jonah's like, I know I'm the problem. <laughs> Jesus is asleep on the boat knowing that I'm going to make it to the other side. So Jesus being asleep is not a sense of him escaping, not a sense of him not worried. It's a showing him that he has power and authority and he is sovereign all by himself. That he knew that everything is going to be all right. So let me rest. Can I encourage somebody today? Stop being up all late at night trying to figure out how it's going to work out. Just go ahead and rest. Knowing that God can work it out. You being friendly, you being excited is not going to change anything. But yet you can call on God and say, Lord, I put it in your hands and then go, go to sleep. But here it is. Jesus is with them. Y'all see that closer there? He's in the boat with them. He's going through the storm with them. And they are concerned about how they're going to make it through the storm when he already told them that we're going to make it to the other side. See, he's all purpose, moving with purpose, going to get to his purpose, and yet they forgot what he said. What happens when we get overwhelmed with the storms, and storms in life, just like as it is storms in our sides when we look out in the world, that oftentimes it seems that we can't see the sun. And when we can't see the sun, it changes our mood. 
And so the storm has messed with our atmosphere. Have you noticed that? How you wake up in the morning but the sun's not up because it's overcast. You don't feel that happen. It messes with your mood. So here it is that even when we can't see the S-U-N, sometimes we forget to look for the S-O-N. Sometimes when storms come in our lives, we'll forget to look at the S-O-N, the Son of God, and say, uh, He is my hope. He is my strength. He is my joy. But when we get overwhelmed, we get concerned with what we see right in front of us. The encouraging that we need to look up and, be, and look out ahead of us. When we can step back and realize that God has it all under control, it can help us to relax and take that deep breath and say it's going to be all right. We are going to make Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on the cushion. Whenever I read this, I picture our Lord, the Son of God, being rocked by the boat, resting from his labor in preaching and teaching that day. He has a pillar to soften the rocks of the boat, lulling him to sleep, allowing him to rest. But then he has this root of our cloud to come back and waking him up. And, and in the frame, now I want to highlight here that when they say, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? They're not doubting, can he save them? They're just expressing their frustration. In our times of our frustration, we don't know how to put our words together right. So we say stuff frantically. Have you been there before? When you needed some help, when you yelled at somebody, help me! I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that, but I just need your help, right? Because you're so frantic, you're so frustrated, you don't know how to get it out. And the people say, I want to help you, but can I help you? Is it safe? And you let me know, I'm sorry. I just need some help. I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. They were frustrated. They dealt with storms before, but this storm caught them unguarded. They, they were not aware, not ready to get with this storm, and yet Jesus is asleep on the stern of the boat. They're going to go and wake him up and say, Master, we don't know what's going on. Can you help us? Also, so as to this, that Jesus stayed cool in the midst of their chaos. How can he stay cool? Because he saw them. Because you know how it's going to work out. Jesus is sovereign and his security is knowing that he is going to complete what he started. Jesus knew he would make it to his destination. Jesus knew he would control the wind and the waves, but he allowed them to beat against the boat as he rests. Jesus being aroused from his sleep to see his disciples distraught. This allowed Jesus to show his frantic disciples that he is in control. And we are glad that God is in control. And what it means to us that Jesus can support us in our storms. When we're losing our minds, when we're pulling our hair, when we're feeling stressed out and fed up and feeling distraught and ready to let go, let us remind ourselves that Jesus can speak to our storms. The disciples were unable to support one another. They couldn't help each other during the storm. They lacked the power to change the situation. But they, rem they finally came to the center to remember that they're with someone that can change their mood, that can change their outlook, that can restore their hope that was lost. And that is Jesus. So now the storm had them with an overcast, but they were looking for the sun. Y'all see that there? And I'm not talking about the S-U-N. I'm talking about the Son of God. 
And when we become overwhelmed from the atmosphere, let us change our atmosphere by looking for Jesus. And we can realize how the sun can move all the clouds away. Look for the sun. Remind yourself that God is always present. The Lord gives us space to live out a life for us to learn how to depend on him. He will allow storms to enter into our lives, but yet he will able to bring us through the storms. That's why we like Psalm 116 and 1 says, I love the Lord because he hears my cry. They cried out to Jesus in the midst of the storm. But here it is. They got in the storm because they're doing what Christ told them to do. I want to encourage you that don't get frustrated that you're dealing with storms in your life when you're doing what God has called you to do. It's not always going to be easy, but yet with Jesus, you're going to make it. That's why we get excited, because how could David celebrate Goliath? He did not first face Goliath. How could Daniel celebrate being going through the lines if he did not first face the king and the edict of not worshiping his God? When we understand I'm going to be on assignment, no matter what comes against me, I know I can overcome because I serve an awesome God. And so when we look in this text, verse 39, when Jesus woke up, uh, he uh, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence or peace. Be still. Notice him suddenly. It didn't say it took a few moments for a connection. It, it did not say, are we there yet? You know, they had no buffering. Please wait for loading. As soon as he spoke, it happened. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And what I want to highlight here is that again, I mentioned how Jesus can change the mood. Jesus was what? Calm. Y'all catch that? And when he woke up, he made the storm calm. <laughs> well, I encourage you that sometimes we can help people out by just staying calm when they lose their mind. You don't got to get crazy. You don't got to get friendly. You can just say, oh, is that something? Well, tell me more. I, I want to hear. And they might be yelling, they might be screaming, but yet they're going to have to lower their voice to hear you because they want to believe you're there to help them out. Once they realize you're there to help them out, they might better calm themselves down. Notice how Jesus lowered the temperature. And notice everything was still. Everybody that was in the storm now was calm because Jesus was calm. He rebuked the winds and the waves, showing that Jesus had authority over the elements. Jesus did not pray to God before he acted. He just showed his superiority and his authority to his disciples. The wind and the waves obeyed his command. This is highlighting that only God is credited with such authority. Psalm 106 now reads it this way. He commands the Red Sea to dry up and he let Israel cross the sea as it were a desert. Reminds us of God leading Israel into the promised land out of Egypt. Again, we're seeing Jesus show that I am just like God because I, I am God. I can speak and things change. So my question for us is why do you work? God knows what you need. He cares for you better than you can care for yourself. 2 Timothy 7.17 says God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. 
This truth is expressed because that same word of fear, of timidity, of being scared, of being frightened is what they were. But once Jesus spoke, that word fear changed from that word of timidity to the word fear of reverence and in awe and of amazement of what kind of God is this. And so what I would encourage you that this time we might be scared and yet when we call on God, we won't be scared anymore, but we'll be in awe like my God. Because with Jesus, we're going to make it. Look what he asked them. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? When we are afraid and have fear, that's doubt. And doubt leads to sin. When we allow the storms of our lives to doubt the presence of the Lord in our lives, when we allow it to block, block us from seeing the S-O-N, the Son of God, shining in our lives, we lose doubt. We, I'm sorry, we have doubt. We, we lose hope and we feel like giving up. But yet when we call on Jesus, we will be encouraged and have strength. Jesus addresses their doubt by asking why they had so little faith. The power of Jesus manifested before them removed all doubt. And, and in them, he gave them reverence and awe, saying, Who is this man? Even the wind and the wind obey him. Can I highlight when it says they rebuked the wind and the waves? This gospel mark is kind of also showing that these waves and wind might have been demonic because he, did, he rebuked the evil spirits. Well, I want to highlight here that the wind and elements may not have been demonic, but it's showing his authority and his power that yet he can stop whatever coming against you. I was a few more witnesses here. Whatever is coming against you cannot defeat you when you're with Jesus. All you got to do is call on the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to help me to hold that. And so we see here that word turns to power as the winds and the waves obey his king. Romans 8, 29 talks about how God set boundaries. So when he set for the sea its boundaries so that the water would not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth. We know that because it was by his command when he made Noah, he let it flood. And he let it receive. By his command, this thing's a change. So I want to encourage them to know that what are your face or whatever you're going through. Don't try to do it by yourself, but try to do it with Jesus. Know the Lord is able to bring you through the storm. Trust in the Lord, knowing that you are going to make it. Storms will come into our life. Let us not lose heart and forget to look to the Son of God to be our help. He can change our situation no matter what we're going through. The Lord can bring peace in the middle of the storm. I, I think about the storm. I, Remember a story, a minister said that he was riding with his daughter going through and she was the first time driving so she's new to driving but he said I'm going to let you drive, I'm going to rest on the passenger side. And as they were driving they noticed a storm was ahead of them, a lot of cars were pulled over to the side because they didn't want to go through the storm. But he told his daughter, it's alright baby, we're going to make it to the other side. So they kept on driving through the storm and, and it got worse when she going through the storm. He said slow on down baby. And let the windshield wipers wipe and slow down and go on through. And when they got on through to the storm, they made it through the other side and saw another little sunshine. And he said, now, baby, we can thank God that we made it to the other side. 
Well, I encourage you to understand that while you're going through the storm, it may not be comfortable, it may not feel safe, but to slow down and trust God, I'm going to make it to the other side. And when you get to the other side, that's your opportunity and time to say, thank you, Lord, for being such a good God. He can make a way out of no way. He is always shining, even when our darkness and fires are coming in our ways. We can understand that no matter how the storms may come around us, the air so in is still rise. Hallelujah. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. So as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. So I want to encourage you, we're going to make it. No matter the bad news you hear, we're going to make it. No matter what the economy says you, we're going to make it. No matter what, how many people might come up against you, we're going to make it. Because as long as I got Jesus, we're going to make it. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you. That you will see us through the songs of our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you don't hide us from the songs, but you bring us through the songs. We thank you, Lord, that the storms can't break us. But with you, God, we can break through the storms. So, Father, forgive us the times that we got lost and allowed doubt and allowed fear to blind us from looking at you. But thank you, Lord, that you never forgave us, you never forsaken us, you never left us. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you bring us through even when we can't help ourselves. So, Father, help us and guide us and continue to walk obedient according to your will. In Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue to worship, this is first Sunday. We pray to give God uh, his tithes and his offering. And also, we're looking forward to breaking bread and giving heaven communion together. And so I'm going to ask if you have your elements, those of you, as everybody have communion. Amen. Everybody's been served. As we prepare to break bread together and drink of this cup together. On the night of Jesus' betrayal, uh, he sat down with the disciples and he took the bread, he blessed the bread and he broke the bread and he took the cup and he blessed the cup and they drank. We're going to take a moment of time to pray over these elements and pray for his presence to be with us that we might commune in unity of spirit. And as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do so in the remembrance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we do so until it's coming back again. Uh, let us pray. Mighty God, we just thank you uh, for you dying on the cross for our sins. That you became our sin sacrifice. That we might know the gift of redemption. Uh, we thank you, Lord, it was your blood that was shed uh, for the remissions of sins. So, Father, as we gather together, we eat of this bread, we drink of this cup, we do so in remembrance of you. You are our resurrected Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Jesus took up the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke it. He said, This is my body. Let us eat together. Likewise, we took up the cup. He said, This represents my blood. We poured out for remission sins. Drink ye all of it. Let us drink together. Scripture said that they gathered everything that no one be lost and they sang hymns as they did so and we prepared to sing our hymns and gather also as we bring forth our tithes and offerings so we're going to pray for our tithes and offerings.
Father, we ask to bless those that reside again, but yet have not. And we thank you, Lord, for how you bless and increase us, and we freely give back what already belongs to you. Father, we thank you that you can supply all our needs. So, Father, bless us as we give. May we multiply and increase it for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we follow the instructions of the ushers and the deacons, as they come forward to collect the, uh, your communion, you can bring that forward and also bring forth your offering.